songs. Three songs. Three songs. It's three songs. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. Bobby Mike. He's in Queens. Bobby Mike, Bobby Mike. All right, it's the June 12th edition, episode number 76, Three Songs Podcast. Mike Hogan here in Queens with Bob Nastanovich in Des Moines, Iowa. Bob, how are you doing? Good. It's a steamer here. It's a steamy night. Nice. Nice. I'm sure you're out on the porch. I can hear Ghosty in the background. Oh, yeah. Woody's out here. It's going to be a good uh, show. You know what I did last night? I, I, uh, I smoked. 15 pounds of Boston butt. Wow. You got some smoke, yeah. smoked butt, huh? I think it's the, the smoking is the easy part. I dragged the old smoker out of the garage, like dusted it off and smoked a lot of meat. And then, but then you got to pick a lot of pig. <laughs> I mean, I was picking pig. Picking pig, picking pig butt. Oh, man. For... <laughs> 15 pounds a lot. We had a sale here, like, and I don't even know, it froze the thing at the bottom of it. I was like, I better do this tonight. Because we had a five-day racing week here, which is rare. And I was like, I'm going to bring in some food for the office and the boys, you know, and the, the jockey agents and the jocks room and everything. And I got 15 pounds of meat, so I'm bringing in a lot of meat tomorrow. So, said, yeah. Well, that's, uh, I'm sure that will be a pleasant surprise for everybody in the in the jocks room. Yeah, yeah, because they got to eat like. I mean, unfortunately, I think most of them spit a lot of it up, but right. they, they'll be holding this down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so I, I made some slaw. You put? You, do you make? Do you ever pull any pork? Uh, I've never made pulled pork. I do like slaw. I do like pulled pork. I actually, I make like a, not a traditional slaw. I make like a jicama slaw. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, hickma yeah. slaw is good. See, I make a slaw too. I hate sweet slaw. Yeah, I hate that sweet, creamy slaw. Yeah, I make slaw with uh, red cabbage, jalapenos. Yeah, oh, good. Uh, white or yellow onion and uh, carrot with some mayonnaise, red wine vinegar, and some seasoning. You know what I mean? I like I, a spicy slaw, hot sauce in there, everything. I, I, I that sounds good. I like that too. You know, it's it's those not normally listening to the show would think this is a food podcast but well it is you know it kind of is summer it is we Um, eat we do that's true um but uh i'm gonna back up i'm gonna back up to the intro song which was of course by jack houston and back up to jackie the last song from the previous episode episode 75 was extended version of that song well it was an extended version of the other intro we often do um, right, the Teddy song. The yes, Teddy song. exactly. And I miss. I thought the extended one was kind of missing Teddy. It sort of was. It needed. It needed a little more Teddy. But it's. it's <laughs> I okay. think. I think. Like. I think maybe Jack should hire Teddy. <laughs> well. Well. Here's the deal. This. This is. This is the news. So I. You know. I sent that to Jack, and he informed me. He informed me of two things. First, he corrected the date. It was not recorded on May eighth, two thousand seventeen. It was May eighth, two thousand seven. So that's an oh, old, but sorry. It's an eleven-year-old song. Sorry, sorry, Jackie. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. You know. Get back to brewing. Uh, that's right. He also <laughs> said that uh, 
his um, his his buddy and, and my buddy Rob Jones, who runs a record label, Jealous Butcher, uh, is considering good name. Good name. Yeah, he's considering putting out uh, some of Jack's recordings. So that's good news. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah fantastic! Yeah. So got that to look forward to. Maybe when that comes out, we'll play another Jack song. Well, we certainly he's, will. He's uh, he's like the third member of the podcast. Yeah, I've never met him. That's okay. You know, so- soon enough. There's time for everything, for sure. Let's hope so. You know. Uh, and uh, you know, jumping back to last, episode, I like him, but I've never met him. He's a good guy. I'll vouch yeah. for him. Um, I'll, t- I'll trust your judgment. Jumping back to last episode, we should also uh, follow up on what happened since, which was the the Belmont Stakes. We now have a Triple Crown winner. I think you and I both kind of expected that to happen. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, we were arguing about the price, two to five, three to five. I think the fact he paid three sixty was a gift. Yeah, four to five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, was, we were right was, about that him. That was gift money. Gift we, money. We were wrong about Gronkowski. Completely wrong. That's okay. Completely wrong. What a marvelous race he ran. He did. He ran well. He Absolutely ran well. marvelous race. Yeah. He, he broke about. I would say. What would you say? Like two or three lengths behind the field. Yep. And then started like moving backwards. At least 12 behind at right. crucial stages. Made a, a, what I would call like a, a very aggressive. Yes. Uh, very promising rally yes. up the rail. Prominent then, like, middle move, I would call it. Like you said, like for about two or three seconds, he thought he might get to him. Yeah. And I think if, if he'd actually lapped himself, who knows what would have happened. But like, what a marvelous performance he put in. Yeah. And I don't know where it came from. Right. Okay, I watched, I watched the horse race in england newcastle on the all-weather and, and he can close ground but i mean this was a, this was a, a unusual unusual effort uh similar to that of the 87 to one shot in the kentucky derby installed regard i mean if you which which is probably the most overlooked moment of the triple crown and still installed regards trip in the derby will be the most overlooked moment of the triple crown if you iso a strip it's yeah since scintillating okay yeah unfortunately I don't know what's going on with that colt right i haven't uh, i haven't looked to see if he's working but uh, you know unfortunately i think a lot of people will notice it so i don't think we're going to get anywhere near the price uh well who knows because yeah. he's very much under the radar you know like we'll see where he shows up i mean like true who knows? Like he's he's definitely a horse to follow, and I think obviously all eyes are on Gronkowski, and I think he'll probably be. I, I mean, I, you know, I think he'll be probably overrated. I mean, right. I don't even know what yeah. to think. You know? Yeah, no, you you got to play against him uh, off of that race, which I think came out of the blue. I want to I want him to prove to me that he's able to duplicate that effort, and that he's able to duplicate that effort less than 12 furlongs because next time he races he's not going to be running that far probably the jim dandy i would think if he's yeah. right you know jim yeah. dandy then the travers you right. know that's Which a, is... obviously a huge saratoga right. barn the barn of chad brown right yeah unless and, for whatever uh, reason he goes to the haskell or if he goes to you know the oh he's saratoga horse Pen- i would think pennsylvania you know. derby who knows yeah um yeah. interesting words to follow but the, you know the, i'll tip my cap to the winner Okay. For sure. He's he's How could you and, not? I think he's a fantastic racehorse. I think, you know, I'm sure I've said it on the show, although nobody that really listens to this program cares about horse racing. But uh or I guess some of them do. <laughs> or few. if they do so, they don't care about my opinions. 
but <laughs> I, I, I think he's uh, better than American Pharaoh, and you know, I've said that all along. You you did, yeah. You made yeah. that bold statement early early in the Derby Trail, uh, yeah. and and so far, you know. Uh, well, you got to respect him because he he's fit. For the task, it's I mean, debatable. Uh, it's debatable, but you know, I mean, I can. So far, it is. I, I can guess, see I mean, that argument. Toby races again. Like, obviously, if he gets like any little thing goes wrong with a horse of that quality, with a value of, they say say seventy five million. It's more than that. It is now. Yeah, it's more than that. And if obviously, if anything little thing happens to him, he's he's not going to run anymore. But I would think that that the Travers Breeders' Cup and beyond will be. The targets if he continues to maintain his right his right. path and, right and you know whew. yep yep no it's uh it's exciting what do you uh do one... i don't think that javier castellano will be wearing mike repley's silks what, what, yeah i was gonna say one one minute maybe on the controversy <laughs> what's your take on this whole like res- restoring hope Breaking slowly, then rushing up, then you know bothering. Uh, do you think that was intentional? Do you think that was accidental? What's your take on that? Well, you know, Florent Giroux, who write, who rode Restoring Hope for the first time, right? He is like a guy. You watch him; he's a great jockey. Okay, and he he he's a great gate rider. Okay, and he likes to be forwardly placed. And I don't know how much strategy in terms of him running interference went into the game plan. The only weird thing about the aftermath, because he did like, so he, so he, he, he broke a touch slow and then he was set up in there. And then the weirdest part is that he kind of fanned himself across the field, kicking dirt and anybody that might chase justify. Then he hemmed Bravazo in. So if you take like a conspiratorial view, that's the way you saw the race. Okay. And that's the way I saw it live. Okay. I don't know about you. I saw a rank horse that was, I think, difficult to wrangle, that was getting, maybe getting out. And then, you know, I, I, I don't really know. I mean, I think the only reason why. Because the... we didn't, neither of us have ever ridden a horse race. Right. And that's exactly. one thing about anybody that, anybody that, that criticizes jockeys and horses and races i don't care whether it's a four claimer at beulah park which doesn't exist anymore it's a bad example or mahoning valley okay or wherever we you know like we've never ridden a a racehorse in a race right so i mean there is that so like I'm, i'm not a big fan of crabbing jockeys i'm not a big fan of like saying why did he do that okay i bet on a horse today that was like much the best that finished third in England at Salisbury, you know, and like, as a, you know, why is he doing that? And then I'm thinking like afterwards, like I'm not on that horse, you know? So, yeah. So, I mean, like there is that. So, and same with Castellano. So Castellano, the, you know, according to Mike Repley, uh, the plan was to send this horse to set up, set it up. What's the name of the horse? I can't remember uh, his name. Noble Indy. I mean, and I mentioned it on the last Noble show. Indy, yeah. If the plan is to send the horse, why do you take the blinkers off? And and the answer, I think... You had a hell of a point there. I think the answer that, that Todd Pletcher had was that he worked better without the blinkers uh, and that maybe he's better without the blinkers. But the, the, the thing is, if the plan is to get speed early, 
blinkers are one of the tools that you use. Oh, to it's, get a, it's speed the from, old school tool. Yeah, right. For and total so, focus. And, and here's the thing if you're trying to get a horse to go fast early and you think they might be better without the blinkers, that's fair. But if the, the goal is to just get speed into him, taking the blinkers off adds a factor of the unknown. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. And I think, so I don't really buy, I don't know if Rapoli was, was either misinformed or Rapoli was protesting too much. I mean, remember, Rapoli owns that horse with Windstar, who's the majority owner of Justify, and yeah, I'm, but I don't, I don't I, think that applies. No, well, I don't uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, the point being... Who knows? Yeah, the point being, like, there's a lot of commingled... I mean, people talk about, oh, Baffert trains both Restoring Hope and, and uh, Justify, and, oh, he was working as his blocker. Well, it's not, as, it's, it's not necessarily as simple as that because they have different owners. There's different trainers, but similar owners with other horses fact of the matter is who knows and if you think there's a big conspiracy I would like to say one thing. there's a lot of people involved and one of the most opinionated people in horse racing for the last 50 years has been d wayne lucas right yeah and i don't i don't i don't think i've heard him say a thing no he hasn't said about bravazo who's you right. know one of the most talented three-year-olds on the on the in american racing okay and like if anything like if you watch the race, there was a moment where Bravazo tried to get out and go go after him, and that and like, you know, he was kind of hemmed in by restoring hope, which is just the way horse racing goes. Yeah, right. I mean, here's the thing: like, things can go wrong. You know, you can bet on the best horse who runs the best race, and they don't necessarily oh, my win. God. You know, how many times a day? Right. I mean, how right. many times a day do we do right. that? I right. mean, like. That's the way it goes. You just have to hope for the best. How many times do you win a half length when you should have won by four? Right. Or Or how many times do you get beaten six when you might and and you bet the horse back? And that's horse racing. Yep. And the best horse, he won the races. Yep. And he is the best horse. And it would have taken it would have taken an unbelievable race to beat him. And Gronkowski almost did it. Right. I mean, I'm not saying almost to the fact where he only got beat like half a leg. But, like, there was no softening. Like, Mike Smith, like, rode a brilliant race on the winner, and the winner carried him around. I think that Mike Smith would be the first to tell you that he was a passenger on a great horse. Yeah, sure. You know, so that's the yeah. way it goes. Yeah. You know, couldn't, yeah. couldn't, beat, couldn't beat the best horse in the race. Right. Couldn't do it. Right. All right, well, we... And, and, and he got us in way, but great horses make great trips. That's true. We've yacked enough about... Uh, what what first food and then horse racing those that came for the music uh are you probably a barbecue sandwich they're you probably i would love a barbecue sca- sandwich but no, uh, yeah they're good yeah they're good i got these i've got these cornmeal dusted buns too what are you gonna play what are you gonna play, you play uh, some music let's, on let's play show? some music yeah um yeah. you brought three no, songs like most people have already turned off the podcast uh, or they've scrubbed forward but now's the time to stop because scrubbing i like that scrubbing forward uh, i've uh i've brought <laughs> i brought three you brought four um but you brought four Wait, short ones i'll outro a song that's for okay. us tonight they're that's all right. brief that's good. They're all brief. They're all brief. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play the probably the longest one I'm going to play tonight. Well, maybe it's similar to the second one I'm going to play. Uh, little jazz. Take us to the peace pipe, man. Take us to the peace little pipe. jazz. Roland Kirk, Mr. Oh. Showman, a complete yeah. showman. 
an amazing, amazing saxophone player. He played the stritch, which was kind of like a flute. You'll hear him play all of this. He would play multiple horns at the same time. Uh, I mean, he was an incredible, incredible performer. And this is a live version. And you get a hint. And, you know, do yourself a favor. Pull up a bunch of stuff on YouTube. There's video of him per- performing from the 60s. Let him listen to it first. Let him well, listen to it even first. still, even still, just it's yeah. just amazing to watch. Like an incredible performer. Um, and you know, you talk, you know, some people think jazz is stoic and cold. Roland Kirk was, I think of it as hot and warm. Oh, anything but. I mean, he was incendiary. This is a fun one. It's called Three for the Festival. It kind of cuts in. It's from uh, Volunteered Slavery. The second half of that record, side two, is all live. I'm not going to play. I it, bro. Incendiary. Incendiary. Like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to play the lead-in, which is a tribute to John Coltrane, where he plays a medley of Coltrane stuff. It's by far, you know, it's, it's absolutely worth listening to. But it cut, comes out of that, cuts right into this. It's called Three from the Festival. 1969, Roland Kirk. Enjoy.
Kirk. The blind man from Flytown. Yeah. Yeah, you I know, mean, uh, you know, the funny thing about him is, is that uh, he had that. Is that he came out with the Rossion, the Rossion part of his Ra- name. Uh, Rashon, Rashon, I think. Rashon, Rashon, R A H, yeah, Rashon, Roland Kirk, right? Yeah, yeah. Rashon, Rashon. Okay, that that came to him in a dream. Really. In the seventies. I always point in the seventies. I always thought it was some sort of mystical thing. No, like Sun Ra style, kind of, uh, yeah. And, and he was he was blind in, in like Flytown in Columbus. You know, that's like part. That's where the Irish came, and they came there, and then they called it Flytown because the houses flew up overnight. It's an hmm. old neighborhood in Columbus. Hmm. But uh, no, man, that guy. Whoa, that's utter chaos. It was utter chaos. I mean, what what the hell was that solo? I have no idea, but he was you know he's. No Blind man absolutely getting off on a bunch of instruments. And I, mean, I think about like these Americana festivals these days that these kids travel to and stuff, and they have a great time. Like, what if they, th- you know, they should throw guys like that in the mixer. Oh, my yeah, God. But maybe they don't exist anymore. Like, I don't know if they do. I mean, boy, if, instead if of guys like, 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 you know, getting up and playing like well readied, like, you know, like bluegrass or like country or like, you know, whatever they're going to do, like indie rock or you know, that kind of stuff, like, Put some chaos in the middle. Right. If guys like Roland you know Kirk I mean? still exist, point, point me, point me their way because, my God, he was a he was uh, one of a kind, absolutely one of a kind. And the thing is, he had he could He's an play, American treasure. He's he, an American treasure. He could play all of these. Uh, he did. He would do the circular breathing where he would keep the note going for a long time, and he would play multiple instruments and. You know, he ended up having a stroke at one point, and then and then recovered and came back and and kept playing. And then I think he had another stroke, which is, I think that's ultimately what ended up killing him. Um, but just an incredible performer, uh, a complete showman, and an amazing musician. I mean, his stuff is both yeah, check beautiful it, check and it crazy. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, I'll keep us in the Midwest. You know. Okay. Please do. Yeah, Laughing Hyenas, like, uh, <laughs> Laughing Hyenas, Ann Arbor, right? Another over-the-top band, for sure. Yeah, very over-the-top, in a totally different way. Like, yeah. uh, John Brandon, like, intimidating guy. Mm-hmm. Intimidating lead singer, ferocious. Okay, ferocious. And this is off uh, their album Life of Crime, which I think was probably early 90s. Like, I think so, like 91, yeah. 92. Here we go again.
Laughing Hyenas. I haven't heard them in a long time. Oh, Touch and Go Kingpins. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I got the date wrong. That's um, from 90. Okay, I was going to say, it was, I thought it was a That's little prime, earlier. Yeah, I was going to guess late 80s. You, yeah. you Can't Pray Lie was 89. And they were so huge where I was living, which was North Jersey at the time, and Jersey City and Hoboken. And, like, I saw them play four or five times. First time I saw them, they opened for Sonic Youth, and, like, the volume was, like, half what you want it to be. But then I saw them at Maxwell's three or four times, and it was... Oh, Larissa Strickland on the bass, bless her heart, rest in peace. Mm. And her brother played mm-hmm. guitar, and Jim Kimball, who played in, would have played in Jesus Lizard, you know. Yeah. And uh, but uh, I, I always mean, they were, saw them as very similar to Jesus Lizard, not just because yeah, they were label mates. Same genre, but yeah. like uh, same. Brandon, he would drink like uh, during the concerts. You'd see him like he would slug. He'd have like a 64 ounce bottle of Listerine that he would gargle. <laughs> He'd be gargling Listerine and just like, and screaming and spraying it all over the crowd. It was like, it was really just the look on his face was like, uh, they were, you know, they were, they were proper terrifying, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. Like, yeah, the intensity was like, just like, whoa. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone swig Listerine on stage, but I, I saw Jonathan Richmond drink olive oil. Well, that's a you know that's a totally different genre of drinking. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I've never seen any other uh, artist, musician, whatever you want to call them, on stage drinking olive oil. But hey, yeah, this guy he would like gargle Listerine, and he would just like scream like his face. I can still see it so angry, like. In fact, I've, I've seen, like, if you look at, like, Google images of John Brannon, he still has this, like, incredibly pissed off face. It would be, I've never really met him. Yeah. But it'd be funny, like, you know, get him to laugh, because I've never seen him have anything but a scowl. <laughs> you know? And it was like, uh, oh, what a great live band they were. You know, just, like, so well balanced. And, like, you know, pure grunge, you know, probably way too nasty for most of the years that listen to music these days, but like, I don't even know, like they were just like freaky harsh. Well, and he was, he's the guy from negative approach and easy action too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So not necessarily mellow, easy listening bands. No, no, no. He's he's all harsh all the time. And like, but I think the laughing ideas were the peak of his power. Yeah. No, I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't quibble, by no means. Uh, but yeah, he's here. We go again. He's classic. All right. I said go. Uh, I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take us to uh, to Dublin, home of uh, U2, the biggest rock band in the world, mate. <laughs> Compared to who, like REM or I don't something? Know. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. You know, they're connected to this band, very much so, uh, the Virgin Prunes. Oh, the Prunes, yeah. The Virgin Prunes, uh, much, much, much artier band than U2, but um, their guitarist... What's the connection? What's the connection? Well, their guitarist is a guy named Dick Evans, who um, was a founding member of a band that turned into U2. He left before, before they became U2, 
But uh, the real connection is... It's a weird link-up. Well, no, 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 no. Just just wait. Just wait. The real connection is because Dick Evans is the brother of Dave Evans. Yeah, Dave Evans. The Edge. Who is the guitarist of U2, better known as The Edge. So Yeah, The Edge. There you go. They were in the same scene. Um, U2. Why is he called The Edge? I have no idea. Why is he called yeah, Bono exactly. Vox? I mean, his name is Paul Hewson. Whatever. They all had, they all had fake names. They all had fake names in in that era for whatever reason. That well, was... I was in a band with people with fake names. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> so what? S M and Spiral Stairs. Yeah. I've answered those questions all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've even asked you that question. I mean, look, you know, there's Gavin. Same f- reasons they were, mate. Right. Same reasons Ex- they were. Mate. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah. Don't so... identify yourself when you're playing rock and roll. Right. Right. It's it's rock. You don't have to a- answer any. You know, you can just do it's what you want. Rock, it's your rock personality. That's right. Like, That's right. I'm no so, longer Bob Nasanovich when I'm on stage. I'm on Bo- I'm, my name is Bobby N. No, I'm your you, you, my nickname for you. Be nasty. Oh, like hell, yeah. <laughs> well, my dad, my see, my dad's nickname was nasty. So. Oh, well, there you go. See, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Be nasty. Yeah. Uh, he was actually properly nasty. Michael <laughs> Jim Brown, twenty-two times in one game. You uh, know. He would say he's proper nasty. I couldn't live up to him. Okay, okay, fair, fair bless enough. Him, well, yeah. bless him, the old old chap. You know, I'll I'll, I'll tip one back for uh, for what what was what was his name? Robert Nasinovich. Oh, Bob Bob Senior. That's, that's exactly what he would want uh, you to do. Well, would be to tip one. There back you go. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll I'll fire this one up and then crack a new one. Yeah, reach for another Jack product. Yep, yeah, for um, <laughs> for uh, for Bob Senior. This is the Virgin Prunes from their debut record from 1982 on on the the legendary Rough Trade record label, um, and they're a band. I mean, uh, they're known for their their live shows, but this is a studio version. Yeah, tough choice here. Yeah, it's a lot of good. Yeah, a lot of what good. Do you got? I'm gonna I'm gonna play Caucasian Walk from oh, yeah. from If I Die I Die I've heard this in at least 10 years 1982 well and just sit back and enjoy it it'll 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 all come rushing back virgin prunes Shit! 
relentless in a different Dublin way. Dublin Rock. In a different way from the Laughing Hyenas, I guess. But, uh, yeah, relentless stuff. They're a band. Well, I, think, I think Colin Newman from Wire would have produced that. Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. Yeah. Um, and they're a band. I can see that. I can see that. Oh, you can definitely hear the, the Wire there. But it's it's even, it's it's like crazier and more over the top. Wire, wire in the best possible way was kind of like calculated and cold. Um, those guys were just weird, like yeah, freaky weird, almost yeah, freaky Dublin weird, almost to the point. I think where, if I YouTube would have like you know they were existed with them, they're probably like, hold on, these guys are weird. Let's be popular, <laughs> right? Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like maybe yeah. Kind of absolutely. Them, like absolutely. On, like, Whereas they're the best band in the world, Virgin Prunes, but like. We're going to be like a popular version of this. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, they were like, like forward thinking, completely yeah. freaky. And, you know, a lot of the stuff about money, Virgin Prunes, a lot of the stuff the Virgin Prunes do or had or did, um, you know, it, I, I, I just kind of shrug my shoulders and go, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, but the best of it is stuff like that. That just is, is this combination of uh, weird, crazy, arty punk like just other like completely unique music like i i don't even know who to compare them to because there's nothing that i know of that sounds like that i mean i can hear a little bit of wire i can hear a little bit of some of the other punk influences but that's you know it's it's just it's the virgin prunes yeah just a freaky uh Dublin band from the late seventies, early eighties. Exactly, and uh, yeah, you know, doing their own thing. Some of it gets a little, a little too um, tortured, I would say, for my tastes. Yeah. But uh, you, if you were in Dublin in nineteen seventy nine, you might have felt the same way. Uh, probably, probably. Anyways, I, yeah, I'm gonna, I like to, I'm gonna I like to use your favorite verb oh. on the show. What's your my favorite f- podcast verb? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pivot. Yeah, pivot. I'm gonna pivot. I'm to pivot. I'm going to pivot to a lady from Mississippi. That's a big pivot. He worked her way to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she needs no, really, really, she absolutely needs no introduction. No, she really doesn't. We haven't played her on the show, but, like, you know, you got to dig deep. She's got so many brilliant songs. But uh, uh, Tammy Wynette, 1967, Your Good Girl's Gonna Go Bad. Okay, take two. I've never seen the inside of a bar room Or listened to a jukebox all night long But I see these are the things that bring you pleasure So I'm gonna make some changes in our home I've heard it said if you can't beat them, join them So if that's the way you've wanted me to be I'll change if it takes that to make you happy From now on you're gonna see a different me Because you're good girls are gonna go bad I'm gonna be the swingin'est swinger you've ever had If you like them painted up, powdered up Then you ought to be glad Learn 
like the taste of whiskey In fact, you'll hardly recognize your wife I'll buy some brand new clothes and dress up fancy For my journey to the wilder side of life Because you're good girls are gonna go bad I'm gonna be the swingin'est swinger you've ever had If you like them You could have picked probably 50 different songs to play, and, um, uh, you know, that well, that one is nearly perfect. I mean, a swing and a swinger <laughs> that you've one ever is had. nearly perfect. I mean... Your uh, idea of being a swing and a swinger is like, kind of like dress up real pretty, go to the bar. Right. Drink some yeah. drink some whiskey and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even like the taste of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you got to love Tammy Wynette. Yeah, she needs no introduction. She she needs no outro. She she doesn't. Yeah, and she was so fun and so funny, but I, she was in so much pain. Yeah, she was in so much pain. We that, we could we thing. could devote a whole show or at least a multiple songs to her. She deserves more than just that one. But yeah, if you're gonna play one, night, that, summer nights. Let's introduce that, Tammy. That was a fun one. That was a fun. My one. favorite country musician. Thank you, thank you, Bob. Well, you'll have to play some more because yeah. I love Tammy. Uh, I'm not as probably not as knowledgeable as you. Can, if, oh, no, I like how well, you are. Yeah, if, you definitely if, are. If yeah. you consider her your favorite, you probably know more than me. I mean, I, I, I don't really like that much country music. Oh, you know? okay. All right. So, I mean, she's one, you know, Loretta Lynn, of course, you know, and yeah. of course, uh, well, we played Loretta. With... She's brilliant. She's fantastic. And she, <laughs> we played, uh, Pat, Pat, Patsy Klein's my absolute favorite. Well, we played, remember, we played Loretta with, um, uh, you're the reason our kids are ugly. Yeah, yeah. See, Conway, Bessie Clown's my absolute favorite. Conway Twitty. Uh, yeah. Anyway, thank the you Winchester for playing. Winchester girl, Patsy Clown. I love but anyways, that. I love Tammy. So, yeah. anyways, go on with it. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it sort of in the countryish vein, but certainly more Whoa. rock. Summertime. C- certainly more rock. Um, I'm gonna go to Austin, Texas. In the, oh, the instruments. Yeah, you the mid '80s, late '80s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we both know that nobody knows. We talked about Jesus Lizard earlier. These guys were label mates of Scratch Acid, of course, on the the fabulous Rabid Cat record. Rabid Cat, yeah. So like Texas Instruments, right? So like people thought like it's like a what was it, like a watch company or like. Uh well no they made digital, calculators early. they made calculators and yeah, they calculators, made yeah. they made computers. Um, in fact, nothing to do with the band, but like they were in yeah. early on the tech scene. Well, right. I mean, they they were they were a um, they were an electronics company, and of course, you know, the band, the Texas Instruments, were based in Texas, and they played music, and so it was a it was obviously a play on the much more famous company. Uh, but I think it hurt the band. Oh, it completely hurt the band. Um, yeah. In fact, you know, you Google them, you can find very little about them. 
It's like um, a smart-ass name, like a smart-ass name, like, oh, let's name ourselves Texas Instruments because we we're in a band from Texas. We play instruments very well. <laughs> right, like right. And, and this is, so I'm going to play something. I've got their their records on vinyl. You know, it's hard to find. Me too, them. dude. I got a bunch of seven inches there. Yeah. Play some, play some T.I. Nobody will like I it. I will play, s- no, they, of course they'll like it. This is a fantastic song. This song gets stuck in my head all the time. Such a go. goddamn catchy stuck song. Stuck in my head. This is stuck in my head. Yeah, this is the Texas Instruments. This is Girl Like You from their debut record, 1987, on Rabid Cat. Uh, yeah, this is a fun one. <laughs> Fantastic. So that was produced by the legendary Spot, who also produced Good some old Spot. Minutemen records. Uh, you know, they're, they're a, that, that's an album 
their debut record, good start to finish. You can find that for probably ten bucks on you know including shipping on Discogs. It's it's even though it's somewhat obscure and fairly rare, uh, it's it's not expensive. So do Maybe yourself a favor. Maybe Discogs should sponsor our program. They, yeah, we should. They should. Yeah, they should approach Discogs. But anyways, why not? Because Lord knows, like we're you know. And lovely band, you know. Yeah, love, yeah. love. Completely uh, forgotten, like. Uh, they, and they were they were a band at the time. In my mind, they were like the Texas version of the Meat Puppets. Uh, yeah, but they weren't that creepy or weird. No, they weren't. They were. They were Which much. Was their disadvantage. Much, much more straightforward rock, but they were the kind yeah, of band. I can't imagine how good they were live. I was just going to say they were the kind of band yeah. that I that would have been just incredible live. I think um, of the Silos. You played the Silos on a recent show. I think of them as like Texas Silos. They were like the Texas Silos, but they were a, a the, the Silos were were folkier. But the Windbreakers. Con- you ever listen to Windbreakers? Yeah, I forgot yeah. about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah Great band. Great uh, band. They're from uh, Arizona, right? I think they're from Georgia. Windbreakers. Really? I think they might have been on DB. Okay. Yeah, pretty sure they were on DB. Yeah. Huh. But it's like a, there's a lot of oh, I, you know what? that were so good live because it was all about like show up and go up and like rip it live. I'm be thinking really of good live. the band I'm thinking of is the Sidewinders. Do you remember the Sidewinders? Never really listened to them. Yeah, Windbreakers. I would have seen a couple of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Texas Instruments, their first two records especially, uh, Sun Tunnels was the second one. They, they actually they cover um, the Minutemen. They, they do Life as a Rehearsal on the second record. And uh, they also cover Bob Dylan, um, which uh, I'm drawing a blank now. Um, oh, God, Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. They cover yeah, on the first, yeah. first one. So, fantastic band. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Lincoln Chase. I'm gonna play some Lincoln Chase for us. Uh, Shirley Ellis's husband, famous songwriter, hardly ever recorded. You played you played uh, Shirley on one of the earliest uh, episodes. Shirley's one of my favorites. Yeah. You know the name game, the clapping song. Yeah. Like she's so ace. Kansas City's amazing. Like so many great like romping songs. Like her husband wrote a lot of. You know, like co-wrote and sang on a few. You know. And, and, uh, but he also made uh, a few things on his own, and this is it's funny. It's funny because the the album's called Happy Popcorn, but the song's called Sweet Torture. <laughs> yeah, Lincoln Chase. trips it's sweet torture though the electricity makes me scream with agony whenever I hold you close to me it's sweet torture love has put its brand on me it's passion flavored agony Stand the strain Baby, 
never heard that i like that a lot yeah he's cool isn't he yeah very cool i love the rhythm yeah how about per- that drummer percussion <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah where's that drummer now he's <laughs> got bless him he's, he's probably gone isn't he yeah. that's old that's real old music. that is old what year was that yeah. oh i think about i think probably like 68 69 we've done a lot of that tonight late 60s around the time i was born yeah. Before there, before there was a Mikey Hogan. That's right. And uh, and and Mike Hogan's bringing a new one into the world with his wife Marie. Right. So they're gonna outro Soon. the show in the same vein. Okay. In the same vein. Right. And and Lincoln Lincoln Chase he wrote this song, and this is for you and your family. This is Hot Biscuits and Sweet Marie by Eddie Cooley and the Dimples. All right. Thank you, Bob. Yeah. Have a great night. Thanks you too. Hot biscuits and sweet Marie. Caught between the devil and the deep blue sea Oh, what a choice to be made by me Between a hot biscuit and sweet Marie Mama, mama, tell me What am I gonna do? I've got a choice to make between Sweet Marie and you I love my sweet Maria Oh, how she can kiss But if I leave you, mama, these hot biscuits, I will miss. Oh, hot biscuits and sweet movie, caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. Oh, what a choice to be made by me between a hot biscuit and sweet movie. Mama, mama, tell me, what am I gonna say? My sweet Marie is waiting. You take my heart away But every time I'm ready To meet my sweet Marie That is the time you choose To ring the biscuit bell for me Made by me between a hot biscuit and sweet movie. Mama, mama, promise you're gonna visit me real soon. Oh, but mama, you must make it after Bunny Moon. Yes, mama, I've decided 
I hope you won't feel bad But yours will always be the best hot biscuit ever had Oh, a hot biscuit that's sweet and moving A cup between the devil and the deep blue sea Oh, what a choice to be made by me Between a, a hot biscuit that's sweet and moving A hot biscuit that's sweet and moving Eddie Cooley, The Dimples, Lincoln Chase. Yeah, You're... good night, my man. All right, good night. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, Thanks, everyone, for, for episode listening. episode 77. Yeah, well, who knows when that will be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you got a tenuous situation. Maybe there. next week, maybe later. But who knows? Thanks. We'll be back. We'll, be, we'll back. be back. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging with us. Yeah. And uh, until next time. Thank you.